Welcome to the Leadership Lab podcast. This week, Jeremiah and Bianca Stingle are having a conversation about becoming an effective leader, as well as how to develop others into strong, confident leaders. Within the notes for this episode, you will find a discussion guide so you can listen with your leaders to spark dynamic growth within your team. Are you ready to grow your leadership? Let's join this conversation with Jeremiah and Bianca. Hey, welcome to the Leadership Lab podcast, where we're developing the heart and soul of leaders. My name is Jeremiah. And I'm Bianca. And today is our season finale, our last episode of season two. Can you believe it? Wow. It has been such a great time hanging out with all of you. Thank you for listening and subscribing to what's happening here. Yes. And so today, the way we want to close it out is we want to talk about how to create an enjoyable team culture. So good. The last couple of weeks, Jeremiah and I, you know, even in this whole time where there's been quarantine, we have just fallen in love with our team all over again. And we really enjoy working with our staff. And we've told them that we've talked about it amongst ourselves. And and it's such a special thing. And so today we want to talk about some of those characteristics about an enjoyable team. It's, it's, it's a team that you want to be a part of. It's a team that you look forward to spending time with the other person. It's a team that you don't mind grinding things out with because you enjoy your team. And, you know, when I was a teenager, I actually worked for several different companies and I did retail, I did fast food, and I, I was able to be a part of some cultures that were, they were pretty good. But then there was one specific company that I remember that it had a really unhealthy team culture. And it was only a matter of time before I just really felt like I did not want to be a part of that anymore. I, it demotivated me and I really didn't want it, it to get in me. And some of those characteristics about that team was, it, it was just very unhealthy. It was, they, there was gossip, there was disrespect, it was boring. There was a lack of vision. And so all of those things uh, calculated together just really caused me to not want to work there anymore. Mm. And so today we really want to talk about the characteristics that, that create an enjoyable team. And listen, enjoyable teams are healthy teams. Yes. They're, they're healthy cultures. There's something that's happening there that adds value to people's lives. Yes. And when they walk away from every day of working or serving on that team, what they discover is their their lives are enriched. There's there's relationships that are developed. There's gifts and talents and abilities that begin to flow out of our lives. Yeah. And it's enjoyable. Even though it's hard work, it's enjoyable yeah. to be a part of something like that. So we're going to give you four points today, and they all begin with the letter H as we talk about this enjoyable team culture. The first one is that we have a culture of honor. It is so important to honor people. Why do we honor people? Because people are created in the image of God. Amen. We are image bearers of the very creator of everything in the universe. Yes. And we get an opportunity to lift those people up and appreciate them for how great of a gift that they truly are. Yes. When we're honoring people, they feel lifted up. In fact, one of the, the kind of things that go right along with honor is the, is the word humility. Yeah. So this is a, still the same point here, but, but honor and humility, they go together. Yeah. 
Actually, in the New Testament, the word for humility means to lower oneself to the ground. Yeah. And the word for honor means to lift up. And so what happens is if I'm a person who honors others, I walk with humility in my life. And now when I encounter other people, they feel lifted up because I've lowered myself. Yeah. See, humility is not thinking less of yourself. Yeah. Humility is thinking of yourself less. Mm -hmm. You just think of yourself less. Jesus, he appealed to us when he's teaching us how to love people. Mm. He said, you should love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm. Because we've got a natural self-love. We've got a natural, hey, I want to survive. I want to make it. I want to thrive. I want to get to the top. And so we've got this natural self-love. So in teaching us to love others, he taught us, hey, the way that you do it for you, now, I want you to do it for them. Yes. I, want, I want you to love other people the way that you love yourself. Yeah. So it feels good to be honored. It feels good when people value you and they esteem you and say, hey, you're, you're worth something. Yes. And when people walk into our teams and they come into a culture and an environment where, man, like I feel special. I feel valued here. People will like a magnet just be drawn to that environment. Yeah. And this attitude of humility is something that Jesus had working in his life. I mean, think about this. Jesus is the son of God. Yeah. And he comes and he puts skin on. It's incarnate leadership. And he becomes one of us so that he, like Hebrews says, he was tempted in every way just as we are. Mm. But, but he was without sin. Yeah. See, he walked in our humanity so that he could lift us up. Yes. He humbled himself so he could lift us up. And that's the kind of environment we want to create as we honor people. And Jesus was modeling this leadership for us because his humility in order to honor us, the son of God was honoring us. Man. He met us where we were at. And that is great leadership is we look at our team and we meet people where they're at. Listen, everybody is in a different place in their walk, in their journey. They have different histories. They have different pain. So we can't, and this is where that, that's, this is where I feel like a lot of division comes, even within our country, is instead of humility, there's this arrogance to think, well, my worldview, because of my history and my past, is what's reality for everyone. Or it's more important than your reality. Right. Or my reality is better than your reality. Yeah. Whatever, that, that's not humility. Humility says, you know what? This may be my history and my past, but I'm sensitive enough, I'm empathetic enough to understand there are people that have experienced deeper levels of pain, different types of pain maybe, and I wanna, I wanna meet people where they are. And sometimes it, it means that we have to, people are in a place where we have to be more sensitive because that's just where they're at. And Jesus did that for us. And so he gives us the capacity to do that for others. And that is honor. And another a dimension of honor is really creating that, that culture where encouragement and life is the norm. That's good. So we, we infuse our meetings with opportunities where we encourage one another and that all of us participate in this. Listen, I want to be the, one of the first people that speaks up to say, I affirm this person. I encourage this person publicly, 
not not just because it's not flattery there's a difference between encouragement and flattery flattery means you you just want to say some nice things because you have a secret agenda that you Mm want to get out of them there's this um unpure motive behind it encouragement means i see something great in someone and i want to say it that is honor and listen there should be a a normal culture where encouragement is spoken. And and I know that that's actually very uncomfortable for some people. They're not used to speaking life or saying things publicly about other people. Listen, but we've got to challenge our team. That's the norm. When we see something great about someone else, we say it. Because that is the type of encouragement where it speaks life, it builds each other up. And I want to be a part of that type of team. When you're honoring people and you've got humility in your life, you're listening well to people. Yes. A humble leader listens to people. They're not just trying to always say something. Mm -hmm. Listen, if you're always trying to say something, always trying to make a point, always wait until the other person gets done so that you can just get to the next thing that you want to say, I'd encourage you, take a step back from that. Think about the value that listening to someone else and what they want to contribute to, can add to the team. It's so important to do that. You, you put others first when you're humble. You're, yeah. you're, you're putting yourself in a posture where you're saying, hey, I'm going to let you go first. There's a book that I've seen that says leaders eat last. Yes. And it's just like, hey, I'm going to let you get to the front. And, and another thing is that you're willing to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I disappointed you. I didn't, instead of casting blame on someone else, see secure, humble leaders that walk with honor as a value that guides them. They are so willing to just take the brunt, sometimes even publicly taking the ownership of a of a drop and then going behind the, t- behind the scenes later with the team member and say, Hey, let's talk about what happened there. Man, people feel protected by you as a leader, and they really want to be a person who's on the team with you. That's so good. So we're going to move on to the second H, which is hustle. An enjoyable team is willing to work hard. They're willing to hustle in order to accomplish the mission and the vision. Listen, we honor people. We never spend more time and more value saying, looking over the person to accomplish something. That's not something we do. However, we, we honor people and then we move on to the work and we work hard. Yes. Hustle. Everybody's got to hustle. And this is, this is where everyone on the team should be hustling equally. It's not the same type of work. It may not even be the same amount, uh, like time worth of work, but it's, it's the, the same amount of contribution to the team. And that means we've got to hustle. We've got to have strong work ethic. And it should be very, very obvious that, that everybody's contributing equally. And if not, it's going to, it's going to show up if you're not hustling, if you're not pulling your weight, if you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And listen, especially with, with where we're at, I know some of you might work in, you know, corporate America. Um, but with ministry, it's a little tricky because ministry really never stops. It's not a nine to five. And so we encourage our team as well that man, sometimes you got to get outside of the nine to five. You're going to be doing the nine to five. You need to rest on your Sabbath day, but on the other days it might require some creativity where you're working these hours and then you're, you're taking a break. You're being with your family here and then you're working these hours. But regardless that we all are working hard so that we can produce and bring 
uh, that that work to the table so it feels like everybody is pulling their weight. It's so important. And we work hard, we play hard. We, yeah. we work hard and we play hard. We work hard, we rest hard. Yes. You yes. Know? I mean, it's like it's it's like we you know the word recreation is it's it's about recreating. You yeah. know, it's not just doing things just to do them. It's it's restoring what's the what's the default that we were born with that God gave us at the beginning, getting back to the low blood pressure, you know, keeping your yourself healthy yeah. physically. There's a there's a mental rest that comes over us. And so hustle means that you're resting hard also. It means yeah. you're working hard, it means you're resting hard. You gotta find the rhythm that works for you as yeah. a team member, as as a as a person on the thing. We think that we've given our team some space to adjust to the way that we lead yeah. over the past three and a half years since we've been here and everybody's been kind of looking and working and figuring it out and doing it and it's it feels like it's a place that people are really excited to come to that they find a lot of enjoyment in yeah and when they have that freedom they have room to be creative with when they work so it's not about specific hours as much as it is just get your assignments done. <laughs> and when you contribute regularly and consistently and fairly amongst the team, what that does is it creates trust. I There, there are people on the team that I'm like, I when I, I send them an email or I send them an assignment, I really don't have to circle back around because they're just the type of person, they just get it done. But you know what? The, the, the people, I love it when they, they, one of my favorite emails. This is one of my favorite emails. I get an email that I've, I've asked for something and, and it's one single word with a period done. done period. That's it. I don't need no fluff. I don't need, Hey, how you doing? I asked for something. This was something that needed to get done. And they respond back to me with done period. That is just music to my digital eyes. I mean, that doesn't even make any sense, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just like in my mental state, I can check something off and that person has put a uh, trust change in my pocket. I can count on that person. I think that enjoyable teams kind of building off of that. I think that there's a level of trust that is just given to people. Like when yes. they come, like we trust that you're going to work hard. Yeah. We're not we're not being skeptical of you. We don't got to check in on you. That's good. We're, we're going to have a, a a ninety day probationary period, and we're going to have some benchmarks, and we're going to have some things that we need to see done. And there's going to be regular performance reviews that are done. We're not going to like spring it on you after twelve months and say, "Okay, it's performance review time." We've been thinking all this stuff about you, but we hadn't been willing to confront you in the time. We're going to wait one year to tell you. You know, mm, like there's yeah. an amount of trust that's just given to people. It yeah. just says, "Hey, we're doing this together. We're going to get real time." feedback man yeah. you're gonna hear from us these yeah. are the kind of things that build people who want to be a part of what you're leading and what you're doing can we can we talk about that a little bit more this is not really in our notes at all but when you're talking about just giving people trust versus coming with a skeptical attitude or you got to earn it you got to earn the trust you know that really creates the opposite of an enjoyable team and I have been a part of teams and have experienced people where you sense that skepticism towards you. And it's like, oh man, I got to earn their trust. And, and can I say that that really depletes the enjoyable culture? Because when it, it doesn't start with, hey, we're all in this together. We have the same vision and the same mission. I'm going to give you a certain level of a trust. I'm not saying, hey, the type of trust where I'm like, I'm going to tell you all my deepest, darkest secrets, the, you know, the first time. That's that's not all where we're saying. We're talking about being a team player and, and really doing the emotional 
work to drop our walls. Listen, it's not someone else's job to break down my walls. That's good. Say that. Somebody needs to hear this. And I, I, I'm saying this from experience because I've had walls because I've been hurt. I've been betrayed. And God has, has developed my emotional intelligence. And he has rebuked me. And he has corrected some of my thinking. And he has told me it's not someone else's job to earn or, 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 or to break down the walls that I've built up because I've been hurt. It's I have to take personal responsibility and allow God to heal my own walls. And I don't need to step into relationship with skepticism because not everybody is equal. Not everyone's going to hurt me the way I've been hurt. And I need to go into that with that fresh perspective because that's not what Jesus does with us. He doesn't go into relationship with all the skepticism. He comes with us with this, these open arms. And so if we're really supposed to be vessels, then aren't we supposed to pour out what God has poured into us? And I know that there's wisdom in all of that. But when it, when it comes to being on a team, we just are making this agreement that I'm a part of a team. And I'm not going to make people do all this extra emotional work to earn my trust. I'm just going to give it to them. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the work emotionally in my own time to break down the wall so that we can have that intimacy. And that's honestly, that's where teams work the best is when there's that trust. And when we put aside skepticism and when we put aside, you know, that side-eyed mentality of like, well, when are they going to fail me? Or when are they going to hurt me? Or when are they going to show up and be like that person that did me wrong? Man, people feel that when we give off those vibes. And so we have to take that personal responsibility that we're, we're really bringing trust to the table and not skepticism. That is so good. So good. So the third H in this teaching here today, how to have an enjoyable team culture is honesty. Yes. You have a culture of honesty and you really kind of touching on it is that when there is an offense that we're honest with what's happened in us yeah. and that we are willing to have the conversations that are necessary. Look, you can build this whole team and everybody's got a facade and people just got all kinds of underlying issues and stuff. It could be like an episode of the office. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, you don't want to create a culture like that. You mm -hmm. want to create a culture where people can come in and feel safe. Yeah. They feel like it's a safe place because people can be honest and share how they really feel and think about issues and make things that are relevant relevant to people's lives. Listen, there's an accountability when there's honesty. Hey, if there's, if there's a dropped assignment or something like yeah. that, that there's an honest conversation to say, Hey, and we, we talked about this in our last episode. You have this, this help me understand conversation. Yeah. It's a great way to get into a corrective conversation without it being extra confrontational. Right. Right. Listen, you don't want confrontational meetings to be extra confrontational. No. And so the way you kind of just kind of lower that down a little bit is you just come in with a, Hey, now I know in, in, in the team meeting, we were talking about this assignment that you had right here. Help me understand how that didn't go like this. Yeah. This is, was the result. This is what we discussed. Hey, help me understand what's going on. Hey, help me understand. You've been late a few times mm -hmm. and I've noticed that you've been showing up. Hey, and we're all working really hard. We're hustling over here, okay? Yep. And so we want to talk about, hey, hey, help me understand because it's not it's not honoring to the other members of the team when everybody else shows up on time and you're not. See, having the honesty a part of our team, it makes a huge difference. And you even said it just a moment ago too, is dealing with these things in real time. 
because yes. things can stack up very quickly. Mm. Offenses are going to just come. I, I've just, I've, I've accepted the reality. I'm going to offend people. People are going to offend me because we're all human and we're not, we're, we're going to do everything we can to honor one another. But we just, we say dumb things sometimes or, or we do make drops, you know, and, and there, I make drops no matter how hard I try. Sometimes I drop some things. And so recognizing when I do drop things that I come back and I say, I'm sorry. That's great. But then if someone drops the ball that we, we address it in that moment, we don't wait three months later to address that specific, because here's how you can diffuse some of the, the high emotional parts of confrontation is, is, is treating the, the action itself. And it's, it's not the person it's not like you're bad, but the drop wasn't good. So we have to address the drop. And, and when you, when you address that and you have those honest conversations, especially as leaders, if you have people on the team that aren't doing their part, you have to address that as a leader. That's part of good leadership. It not only communicates to the person who dropped the ball, it commute. And this may be even more important because once again, leaders are creating culture by the way that we handle things. It communicates to the rest of the team that we will remain accountable so that the team members that are hustling, they are getting the job done. And then they see a team member that's dropping the ball maybe once, maybe twice, maybe they've kept on that, that the leaders are willing to address it because I, I've been a part of team where thing, things get swept under the rug mm. and that's really frustrating as a team member and it's demotivating. It, it causes team members to think, well, well, if they can just get away with it, why am I working so hard yeah. over here? And there's favorites and then there's yeah. all kinds of other politics that go into thing and yeah. so-and-so's buddies with them and they got this going on. Man, yeah. those things create so much sideways energy within the organization and it just makes mm -mm. it so difficult. Can I just talk about this accountability piece for just a second? Yes. Because when we're talking about accountability, accountability always flows up yeah. better than it flows down. Yeah. It's much better. Listen to me. If you've got a direct supervisor, a team leader, it is much better for you to go to them and say, Hey, I know I was responsible for this. And I know that I let this one drop. And this is what happened. I've been processing it. I've even had some you know, people that I've kind of processed this with. These are some points of action that I'm going to take to make sure it doesn't happen again. I just wanted to come to you. Just let you know that this happened versus you know something drop, but you're not willing to go with honesty and talk about mm. it to your leader. And then the leader has to come and say, hey, could you help me understand? Mm. It's, it's so much better when it goes the other yes. way. If you can create that culture where people take so much responsibility for their area and they're honest with each other, they're honest with themselves, they're honest with their leaders, you're going to find that it creates so much health yes. and joy in the people who are serving. And honestly, you as a team member can have longer longevity on a team. If you are willing to take accountability and flow upward and take responsibility when there's a drop, I, I mean, there's obviously limit. It's not like you can just drop and say sorry and drop and say sorry and drop and say sorry. <laughs> but, but I'm just being honest. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's like I'm following the culture here. Um, but that that you're willing to do the work and and when you do that though, you're you're showing trust, you're showing respect, you're showing honor in those moments because you're saying, look, I I know that I messed up. And I want you to know that I know. 
That's probably the biggest piece of mind that a team leader can have is saying, okay, this person dropped the ball. There's, there's probably some, nothing more frustrating when you're a leader and someone drops the ball and then they don't say anything about it, you know? And then you have as a leader, like, well, I can't just let this ball that's dropped go unaddressed. So, I mean, do they know, like they obviously know it didn't get done. Why haven't they come? And it just, it creates all this negative, ugh towards that. But when, when you, when someone drops the ball and they come to you and they're like, Hey, I just want to let you know, I dropped the ball. I'm going to do everything I can where that doesn't happen again. I'm so sorry. I take responsibility. Can you, a leader's like, Psh, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Let's, let's go again. Like it's a quick and less awkward, you know, it, there's less of a wedge. I just think that sometimes when it's a leader going downward for accountability, it can create some, some unnecessary. Can I just friction. say there's a spiritual, there's a spiritual truth that this is a reflection of Yeah. confession to God. When we come and confess yeah. our sins to God, the word confession means to agree with the truth. Yeah. So it's already true. God knows what we did. It's not like he's surprised by it. But when we come with this a good. repentant heart, yeah. we confess our sins, we receive the grace and find the mercy that we need to help us. Yes. And so it's so important to do that. Even in this work environment, you're not you're not sinning necessarily, but you understand if, if the mission of the team is not getting met, it, it's, it's almost like you, you've, you've, you've made an offense against the mission and now you need to come and, and bring yourself in that right posture, that yeah. proper posture so that we can move forward because ultimately moving forward is what the goal is. The goal is not to make you feel bad. The right. goal is not to make you, you know, look at what you've done. You know, right. the goal is learn so we can move forward and never make this mistake again. And when you, when someone drops the ball, it, the team gets out of alignment. Like the team's going one way and then someone's over here doing something different and it, and out of an alignment. And the, the word sin actually means to miss the mark. That's good. So, I mean, I love that whole idea of this confession is flowing upwards. And when you confess, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you. So it's it, when you apply that even to a team mentality saying, you know what? I missed the mark. I'm going to own up to it. And that once again, it goes back to that personal responsibility. Yeah. That's so good. So our last H, and this is for creating an enjoyable team culture, is humor. Humor. And I'm so excited to talk about this because you need humor on a team for it to be enjoyable. Look, hard work is hard work, and there's going to be hours grinding it out, doing the things, doing the mundane, doing the details, hashing things out. But when you're around people that you can joke around with, that you can laugh with, especially in ministry, sometimes you just have to laugh so you don't cry. Can I get an amen somebody? Because there's just some times where I'm like, oh man, that's just not good news, you know? And so laughing with the people that you're around with really helps. I mean, the Bible even talks about it, there's, it's medicine. You know, when you have that joy and that laughter, it's medicine for your soul because you're doing some heavy lifting all the time. And when you work serious work and we're in, we're in the business of seeing people's souls saved. Okay. It's pretty busy, pretty important. <laughs> yeah. Okay. When you're busy about serious work, bringing something to lighten that a little bit, yeah. you know, bringing some games and gifts into things and just saying, Hey, we're going to be here just to have some fun. We're going to enjoy ourselves. We're going to be around each other. Let's, let's make it a little lighter and stuff. Yeah. I mean, you can have humor and hustle in the same room yes, you can. and you can get the job done 
And it's it, it can be fun. And and it, when you use humor in an appropriate way, it does help the hustle. So when you're in a laborious meeting where you're doing heavy, like it, it doesn't have to take people down a rabbit trail, but if you inject those jokes every once in a while, you inject that like, uh, you know, spontaneous conversation about the spicy noodles that you just try. Everybody's got to try it. It's so good. It's going to burn your tongue off, you know. Those are moments that are, are just created through chemistry, but it really helps the moment. And so in your brain, when you can attach humor to some of the harder meetings, guess what that does for all the team members? It's like, okay, we're about to go into this meeting and sometimes it's two hours long, you know, but because it's been enjoyable in the past, you want to go back to the meeting. And it's because of the type of people and what's included. And so this has been a great conversation. So good. I've loved it. We want season to hear two. from you. Season two, man. We love you guys. We love you so, so much. We want to hear your feedback. We've loved hearing some of your feedback, even from the previous episodes. Reach out to us. Let us know what you're learning. Let us know how you're applying some of these things to your lives, to your leadership, because it, it just encourages us and it encourages other people. We'd love to share it. But thank you so much for joining us through throughout season two. We are looking forward to season three and we hope that you have a great blessed day and week. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of the Leadership Lab podcast.